0: He was stuck up. Like he he made it seem like Annabelle was the stuck up one. He was stuck up. Like take the stick out. Whisper. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Romancing the Monsters. Well, actually, now that I think about it, there might be some people, because this is a series, you know, we're doing a read-along, so this is, this might be bringing in some new people. So, welcome, if this is the first Romancing the Monsters podcast <laughs> uh, episode that you've ever clicked on. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And today, we are talking about Secrets of a Summer Night by Lisa Claypass. the technically first book in the wallflower series however we started with again the magic so you can go and check out that episode if you haven't already uh but before we get started I have heard that one of us has something to say about something that they started (laughs) watching so (laughs) I don't know how else to like segue into it you know
2: (laughs) yeah no I just think it's really fitting for our podcast um so I uh I was watching a bit of Midnight Mass with my family, and that's like the new show on Netflix right now, but it won't be new when this comes out. But, anyways, in the theme of Halloween, um, uh, it was pretty interesting. And the thing I had to say about it is my sister's like, oh my gosh, Safra, like, there's like this monster thing, like, it's like the devil. He's so scary. And I'm like, I end up catching what it looks like, and like, because I was watching a few episodes, and I'm like, He's not scary at all. <laughs> oh no!
1: <laughs> or is he? Is he actually scary for normal people? And it's just because we are horny for monsters, so you're like not scary. Yeah, I think okay. that's what it is. And also,
2: maybe the context of it is kind of scary. Um, mm. But overall, I don't think the show is really like terrifying. Um, I think it brings I have up no a idea of- what it is. So basically, it's about. Um, it's like a small town and then there's like this pastor who like um, comes there and he starts like preaching obviously like the word of God and like um, it kind of resembles like very like it's cult-like in what's going on and like you kind of need to uncover what's actually happening in the town like there's a few people that like aren't uh, taking like they're not a part of the church or like they're not buying what the pastor is selling basically and like it's like up to them to figure out what was going on and like once you figure out what's going on you're like oh okay and it's just like it's really it was really insane but the monster guy I wouldn't say he's necessarily hot but I wasn't terrified I mean like he was there he's great Mm -hmm. Uh, so you watched the whole thing I watched part of it
0: so there's you you didn't get no um like jump scares what
1: you've watched there no so there are jump
2: scares oh, There are okay there are yeah I was I'm was I. I'm really jumpy I didn't realize how jumpy I was when I was watching a piece of it would you recommend it to our listeners I think I think I would recommend for sure and like if you're into like horror like that's really prevalent in this series as well as like maybe the debate of like religion because I feel like it talks about like not only like religious people they're like fanatics or like atheist there's like even a muslim guy in there as well that like kind of has to like d- deal with everything that's going on and like him being like the lone muslim male in this small small town and it like you get his perspective as well and it's just like it's really interesting like it's a deeper debate on like religion and like just like what's going on in society under the lens of horror i would say yeah.
1: so this episode is technically coming out on October 28th, so, you know, Halloween is right around the corner if you're looking for something <laughs> to watch. I guess maybe you can go and watch Midnight Mass, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And enjoy a good-looking monster. He's not good-looking. Yeah. He's just, like, our type. I know our listeners would be like, yeah, okay, I get it.
1: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we actually jump into the episode, um... I just sometimes like to remind people at the beginning that uh, if you are one of our listeners and you're not yet subscribed or following our podcast and we've earned it, you know, like we've worked really hard. (laughs) If you feel like we've earned your subscription or your follow, please consider doing that. Uh, You can also uh, go on Apple Podcast. Uh, You can leave a review on there uh it just helps us a lot just figure out what people like and also it just helps the podcast uh you know get out there and reach more people uh so yeah just a little yeah. reminder now secrets of a summer night lisa clay this book is about simon hunt and annabelle what's her last name Peyton. Peyton. there you go yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact checker um So, yeah, Saf, what is this book about?
2: All right, well, this book starts off two years ago where uh, Annabelle meets Simon for the first time uh, with her brother, actually. Um, They didn't have enough funds to go see this, like, the show, and Simon decides to spot them and give them the money for it. But during that... Simon kisses Annabelle and then just leaves and then Annabelle's like what the heck and then it c- cuts to two years later and Annabelle is now considered like quote-unquote a wallflower meaning like she's not she doesn't have any suitors and no one's asking her for dances she has like zero prospects in the sense where she doesn't have a dowry um, she doesn't have like literally any money even to buy, like, proper clothes for herself. Um, And obviously, in the London ton, that's not something that's looked at, I guess, for a spouse. Um, And, yeah, she just has to... Her father left a lot of debts for them as well that they need to get uh, paid. Um, And her mother's also in a bad predicament, so she's really, like, ready to get married ASAP. Um, The bad predicament is... um, So, basically, her father had a... I say this lightly, a friend... Um, who comes yeah. and helps.
1: <laughs> Not sure that's the right word. But no, yeah, sure. I
2: know. Uh, no, but like they say numerous times he was a friend of the father. So, like, I don't know what that entailed back in the past. He demands um, the mother uh, to give him certain, uh, you know... Perform. Mm-hmm. Things. And uh, in exchange for him paying their bills. So, Annabelle is aware of this and needs to get married ASAP. And there's always... Three other females that are just like hanging on, like hanging out by the chairs where the wallflowers sit, um, and so she's known them for two years, but she's never talked to them. So she, she decided, you know what? Tonight's the night, and I'm just gonna go talk to these three women, and we meet Lillian and Daisy Bowman. They're the American heiresses, iconic duo. Yes, chaotic and we also duo. Meet Evie, who. Um, Evie. is like, she's really rich, but I guess people regard her a bit differently because she has a stutter and she's quite shy. Um uh, so she
1: has a terrible, uh, aunt?
2: Yeah, her aunt is disgusting and does not help her at all with her own, like, confidence and self-esteem. If anything, she tears down whatever she does have. Anyway, so these four girls come together and they agree amongst each other that they'll help the other find a spouse. So Annabelle being the eldest is the first one to find a husband and she achieves this with the help of her three new friends and they get started once they reach Hampshire. Um and that is at Westcliff's end of season party and she sets her sights on Lord Kendall but someone else shows up, and his name is Simon Hunt, and we all know that Simon's been trying to ask her to dance for numerous uh, balls, I guess, at uh, numerous balls, um, and uh, he balls. kind of makes his... Uh, in- <laughs> sorry. What? <laughs> I, I was balls? late on that one. You guys are like five years old. <laughs> sorry, Seth. I'm sorry.
0: Anyways,
2: Continue. Simon makes his intentions known from the get-go. He wants her as his mistress. Annabelle does not want that she still wants to be a lady of society and anyways so things happen where does she really want Lord Kendall or does she maybe want what Simon offers okay how did you like this book guys ask how did you like it you've never read it before this is my first time
0: first time reading it um I really liked it you did really interesting yeah I really liked it um was this the guy that you said March that I was gonna like Simon
1: yeah, my yeah. theory is that either you're gonna like Simon Hunt the best or Matthew from Book Four, yeah. Daisy's guy. So he's he's pretty he's pretty. I really did love
0: Simon. He's pretty up there. Um, yeah, I loved Annabelle too, but I did feel like something was missing for, for her character. You mean or for the no book? no no for like the whole okay, okay. the whole book the story. I just felt like something was missing.
1: But you you didn't figure out what it was.
0: No, I don't know if it's between like their relationship. I wanted something more out mm-hmm. of it, or just out of this mm-hmm. whole story. But it was it was a good it was good. It read pretty fast. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. The yeah. ending got me like the emotions of like the explosion. Really, and all that, like it did. There's a
1: little pitter patter. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll get into the ending because I'm sure yeah. Seth has a lot to say about it.
2: What hello? Why me? Oh. Because well, guess man. who comes to save the day? Oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well,
1: you know what I did notice? What? She hasn't met my man yet. No, at all. He's he's been mysteriously gone so far.
2: Which I find He's been interesting. mentioned. Which I find it interesting because like he's mentioned, I believe, in this book. Who is he?
0: Say his name.
1: Sebastian St. Vincent. Oh, okay. Hello. St. Vincent. Sorry. Yeah.
2: He's mentioned once. And then I'm like, I was like, I was trying to, I was like imagining yeah. M and I'm like, she's probably so fangirling right now. Oh, girl. I, I love no him idea. too. Him and Westcliff are like literally like mm-hmm. really like right beside each other.
1: I will say my love for Westcliff has really grown uh, the past few weeks. Like ever since we read Devil in Disguise. Yeah which you can also find on our page that's the, that's the newest Lisa Kleypas book in her Ravenel series um I kind of rediscovered my love for him you know like I had forgotten about Westcliff yeah. and he's quite present in this book and he was obviously a little bit present in again the magic but now he's all grown up you know oh yeah um I mean it's not that
2: much of a time jump
1: in between I mean no but like he was books. still like he wasn't the, it wasn't like he wasn't Lord Westcliff at that at that point. It was his father. Now he's like Lord Westcliff. Yeah. You know?
2: Um. No, 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 he was by like I think the twelve years later. But I feel like w- by the end of again the magic, Westcliff was like he had finally found himself. He finally found like you know yeah. like his family was important to him, uh-huh. and like I feel like he's finally sure of himself in that sense so like yeah it's kind of like a new Westcliff, but like the real Westcliffe mm-hmm. I've seen this book anyways we're not talking about Westcliff right now but uh did I like the book
1: you yeah. should be happy usually I'm the one being like not yet Seth
2: <laughs> I mean like I'm always I could talk about Westcliff for like hours well maybe in two weeks time when we talk about
1: it happened one autumn yeah and you can talk about him all you want uh, all right, what did you think of this book, Seth, upon your reread?
2: So this is my second time reading this book. I've only actually read it once, which was, I think, 2017. <clears throat> and then, so this is, like, my second time ever picking it up. And I, I liked it. I did. I, it's not my favorite. It never was my favorite Wallflowers book, but I liked it.
0: That was good. You gave it five stars. It makes me think that this is, like, one of your top favorites.
2: So me being me... Back in 2017, I was like, oh my gosh, this book is the shit. And, like, I loved it because I love Lisa Claypass and I think this was my first exposure to her. So, like, I just love her. But, like, if I were to go back and re-rate this, I I don't even think I'd drop it because it's still really good, but it's not my favorite. But I still love it. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Well, I can kind of, I, I, I can see what you mean because when I read it the first time, I also gave it five stars, but... I think it's because it was the first Wallflower book I had read. I was reading. So yeah. I didn't know what would happen next. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know the other characters as much, even though like I read the Hathaways first and Westcliffe and St. Uh, Vincent both appear in those books as well. But they're, yeah. you know, older and wiser. I think because I hadn't read the other ones, I yeah. was like, five stars. Amazing. Lisa woo Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's a good book. Like by uh, listen a, a a less good Lisa Claypass book is honestly some author's best book. I yes, I there you go. <laughs> but according to her standards, it's not my favorite. Um, a lot of it has to do with the end for me, which is it's fa- Like to me, it's so interesting that you said the end really got to you and like you really liked it. Because for me, it's kind of the opposite. I'm like I always feel like this book kind of should just end at 80 <laughs> percent mm-hmm. um but I do really like these characters and I did do the audiobook this time around to like make it feel a little bit new uh, just because you know three times and I've said before on the podcast that I'm really not a rereader um yeah. unless it's like fantasy so I enjoyed it. it. It did make me, it just, it brought back all the emotions that I wanted. And it just made me really excited to dive back into this world and with these characters. And I kind of jumped right into the next one. So
2: <laughs> yeah, that's me too. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, can I just uh, erase everything I just said? And uh, re-record this piece. So basically, I'm a liar. You're a liar. We all know that. When is she not a liar? Yeah, right? When is she not lying to us? Oh, my God. Keeping secrets. (laughs) Cana. You know what? I'm just going to let my ghost take over at this point. Um, Yeah, do
1: that. We want to talk to the ghosts, actually. (laughs) They don't lie to us.
2: (laughs) You're so mean.
1: (laughs) So you've read this twice before.
2: Yes. I lied to myself as well as you guys. I read this before. The first time I read it, I gave it a 3.5 stars. And then for some reason, when I read it back again, I gave it five stars. Um, I don't know what happened there. Um,
1: Sometimes it's just a question of what you were going through at the time. You know, Maybe the first time around, it just wasn't hitting. And then the second time around, it really hit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third time around it didn't hit again. You know, some books it just it
2: happens. (laughs) Exactly. Or maybe, you know, it's just my love for Lisa Claypass is automatic five stars, you know? I, I I don't know at this point anyways there you go yeah
1: we are a little biased like we have to say we're not the most critical people when it comes to uh lisa Claypass, just because we love her stuff and... but who
2: isn't biased is us, since you know this true. is your first time, first reading, time reading her newbie here. true
1: do you want to start this conversation s where do you want to take us since this is so new to it, to you can we start with because i have a question with,
0: Cl- mm-hmm. with Westcliff and Annabelle, their history, they have something there because l- listening to it, I think I might have missed something. Westcliff and
2: Annabelle? Yes,
0: because he thinks that she's like stuck up, like he has his certain like perception Shroom. of her. Yeah. Mm. And I wanna know what exact I feel like I'm screaming. Am I screaming? I feel like I'm screaming. You're sc- no. screaming a little bit, yeah. Sorry. Oh. Okay. <laughs> got excited. Let me turn this down a little bit. So I wanna know. Did something yeah. more happen between them? Or what exactly happened between them? I feel like they only gave us, like, a little bit of it. Do
2: you remember anything, Because I I don't. I think it's just whatever was mentioned is what happened. So I just, I don't think Westcliff likes the fakeness of, like, the women or the ladies of the ton, And, like, I think Annabelle was, like, really giving him, like, fake you know, sh- blushing lady of the ton. Like, clearly
1: trying to get a husband vibes, which she doesn't like.
2: And she also is, like, you know, looking for the, the moolah. She wants the money. So maybe that's something, like, he also didn't really like about her.
1: But also, Seth has said numer- numerous times on the podcast that um, he's, like, the Darcy yes. of the series. And that's also something that Darcy would do, like, just kind of dismiss people to begin with and then slowly like realizing that there's more to them type of thing like he, they're not up to his standards
2: Mm -hmm. of people he
1: hangs out with
2: but I love that it continues on in this book and then he's like he's judging her so harshly and I love it in the sense where like he didn't feel like she was worthy of his bestie I'm like what's Cliff (laughs) but
1: also why is Simon his bestie what about Mm -hmm.
2: St. Vincent Well, I thought they were besties I think that happens later on. I don't want to spoil it, but I feel like their friendship solidifies later on. After the fact, after a lot, capitalized
1: I would say. the fact. <laughs> if you know, you know what I'm
2: referring to. <laughs> uh, S shall find out. <laughs> <clears throat> Since we're speaking of Westcliffe, um, we'll move on afterwards, obviously. But S, what were your um, impressions of him in this book? Because he's no longer, like, the big brother or, like, the protector of his sisters in this one.
0: At first, I thought he was, um, he was stuck up. Like, he he made it seem like Annabelle was the stuck-up one. He was stuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, take the stick out, Wes Clay. They all are, to be fair. <laughs> They all are. Yeah. But, um, I will say the first time I read, again, The Magic, I had no interest. And I had no interest in wanting to dive into his book. Um, yeah. yeah. After reading again the magic again i'm like okay i'm interested yeah and yeah. then i read this one and i'm just like he's such, he's such a stuck-up ass but i'm interested like i'm yeah. ready to dive into
1: his book and find out more about him he is very stuck up but he also i just love the fact that you can always count on him like if yeah. you have his good graces like if you are his friend mm-hmm he's got your back you yes. know like like nobody else in this series i felt like so he's you can always call upon Westcliff. exactly well kind of you know he's the rich bestie that you can just call upon if you ever need a little help with something or a scandal or something you know yeah
2: but i feel like it goes more than that too i just feel like he puts on this facade of being like very rigid and like very closed off from the world but like you said when yeah you, when you're in his inner circle he's like the like He's a person you go to for advice as well. Like, I just feel like he's just, like, that person.
1: But also, we can talk about this when we talk about his book, but I also feel like even with his close friends, he doesn't necessarily open up. He's not a guy that opens up to just about anyone, including his friends.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, I'm talking more of, like, where we are now, you know, and devil in disguise i'm getting even, ahead of myself okay yeah let's fine. just okay this is not Westcliff's <laughs> book okay i love the man but let's Isn't it wine. though
0: <laughs> but wait 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 wait. one more thing one more thing wait does everybody just go and kick it at his
1: house like is his house like the main kick it spot?
2: yeah
1: yeah his house comes up a lot in the wallflower series like we're always hanging out there yeah and even the
2: hathaways yeah true so he's that true. friend
0: that i was like he has like the best house for yeah. his
1: yeah, yeah
2: he, he yeah, got yeah. the best parties going so actually let's let's
1: talk about the man of this book simon, simon hunt yeah what do we think of simon hunt such a sexy name we love you know? Simon know lisa Kleypas really knows how to pick a freaking name doesn't she yeah yeah
2: it's
1: a good name. how do we feel about uh the butcher's son made he was hot made he was intense uh, a millionaire he was, yeah. huh? he was mm-hmm. he's arrogant yeah. he is arrogant so I want to ask you about that his introduction you know like we know right off the bat you know Annabelle is in a difficult situation she needs the money she needs to marry into money and Simon Hunt all swagger and arrogance comes on comes in and he's like I just I just want you as my mistress I don't care about marriage I'm not interested yeah
2: forget about being my wife
1: you're gonna and he's not asking he's like you will end up in a situation that desp that's desperate enough that you you will have no choice but to be in my bed eventually. Exactly. I think that's
2: fine. yeah mm-hmm. how was- do we feel about that
0: <laughs> we love the feelings we get when that was mentioned <laughs> I love a guy, I love a man that knows what he wants, and he's going to go after it, and he's sure that it's going to happen. I love that.
1: You love the assholes.
2: That's what you like. I do. I really do. The arrogant assholes. (laughs) That is Simon to a T. That is Simon. Mm -hmm.
1: But also, I do like his progression, because it's like, he's so set, like, onto what he wants, but then, like does a 180 real quick he's like never mind actually should we get married we should get married right
2: (laughs) but i I honestly feel like looking at his character like deeper i would say like he does start off arrogant but i also feel like like any other character he's very multi-layered and i also feel like from the get-go we see that caring side of him but like it's muted up until the point where, like, you know, she gets bit bitten by the snake and, like, he buys her the boots and he's, like, constantly checking up on her and, like, at that point he still wants her as his mistress and, like, that hasn't changed and then he's just, like, so caring towards her.
1: I do love that Lisa Kleypas doesn't drag the whole I want you as my mistress plot because he does say it in the beginning, but like you said, slowly he starts, you know, caring and like doing things for her and making sure she's okay and everything. And, and as soon as he's got the opportunity to turn the question to, do you want to marry me? He does, you know, yeah. he's not still holding on to the like, no, you should be just my mistress, actually, because I don't commit, type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he's not, he, he doesn't have that issue. Yeah.
2: Which begs the um, question, do you yeah. think he only went the mistress route the first time, like, at the beginning of the story because, in his mind, he never thought that he would get her to marry him? Probably. Yeah. Probably.
1: I mean, I do think that Simon, um, he doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere. He doesn't yeah. belong with the rich people of the ton obviously because he's not titled but also he doesn't quite feel like he's he belongs with his family anymore because you know he's elevated in society now because of you know his money um so he does mention that he just doesn't belong anywhere and I don't know if deep down part of it is like him not wanting to bring Annabelle into that sort of feeling of in-between and, like, not knowing where you fit and, like, understanding that whatever party you're going to, whether, whether it's with his family or with the people of the town, you're always going to be an outsider if you're married to me. Whereas now, Annabelle is poor. She's in a difficult situation, but people don't yet close their doors in yes. her face. And if she, she marries Simon, it's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. The only reason why they get invited anywhere after they get married... Is because of Westcliff. Let's yeah. be real. It's because yeah. of their friendship with West Westcliff. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going to all these parties. How do you, how do you feel about Annabelle then? As kind of said a little bit. Um Right. Did I? <laughs> I don't know. Did I feel I? like you did say that you um, kinda
0: liked her, I, I think. I, I liked her. Um I don't think she was a bad character. Seth had some
2: things to say about yeah. Annabelle, so now's so, the time, girl. I know, say I'm it. getting into it. Okay. okay. okay so basically i started this book and then again so it's my third time reading it so for this podcast i was reading it and i just couldn't get behind her character in the sense where i just didn't like her constant judgments and like her constant like talking downs to simon um and this even like happens like one instance that this happens is like when um, they're playing chess or he's teaching her how to play chess. And then he's like, my father taught me. And, he, and then Annabelle's like, wait, you're like your dad, that's a butcher. And like just the way that she talks about him. And I think it's like due to her, like her upbringing and like what she's taught as like a child up until now in terms of like what the working class is like. And like, but you see her change and her progression and like the way, like she changes her outlook on life, which I think was obviously on purpose. Like her starting off as very closed off, judgmental. On, like, Simon and his family and, like, where he comes from, and then by the end of it, she's a part of it now, and she learns to see it differently.
1: I did pick up on it after Seth told me, because we recorded, uh, wait, what what did we, oh, The The Love Love Hypothesis, Hypothesis. and she briefly mentioned that she was feeling that way, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, interesting, I I wasn't feeling that way, and then I... Ever since she said that, I kind of finished the book, and I was like, "Oh yeah, never mind." Like, actually, now I'm noticing little things. Yeah. Uh, but I actually think it's a larger problem, and I I love that Lisa Pass did put that into the book because mm-hmm. the larger problem is, and we've talked about this before, just how everyone, but mostly women, are kept innocent and unaware of anything outside of the ton and their own people. Yeah. so obviously she's she's never been confronted with people like simon before of course. you know yeah. she she's she doesn't know how their people how his people are like mm-hmm. you know what their lives might look like what the, their upbringing might look like like she has no idea so i think like yes it's Annabelle, but I think the bigger problem or the bigger issue is just society in general yeah. and how women were raised, uh, especially women of the ton and stuff. Like, agreed, they weren't educated. You know, they were no. taught how to be wives, how to be mothers, and that's about it. Always society.
2: I know, right? And it's like it's not even just like the women in general. I feel like obviously the men are more out there in the world at this time they're like in parliament there's they're like doing all these things but like they just fail to see the other side of society and like they just majority of them like obviously not Westcliff, they don't acknowledge the working side or like even if like you build yourself up from the bottom up and like you are rich enough to be at these parties and all the stuff they still think they're superior because of their noble blood like they're related to royalty in a sense you know so I just I don't know. And even goes like deeper in the sense where like her mother as well, after she got married to Simon, um, she was judging his own mother. And then Annabelle And then they finish off on, best friends. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying that like Annabelle judges her, but then Jeremy reminds yeah. her. He's like, you know, you were kind of uh, like that a few months ago.
1: But the family, Simon's family judges them as well. Yeah,
0: that's that's what friend. I
1: noticed
2: that
0: when they were going
1: to go off together.
2: It it seemed like
0: his side of the family was going to be, like, judgy.
2: Yeah, they were. They weren't even talking at dinner. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I can just imagine how awkward it was. It's
1: just insane to me how Annabelle, just because she's titled, she can be wearing, like, rags and still be seen as better than Simon, who is just not someone of the ton, but hella rich and probably, like, you know, wearing all the things rich people wear and yeah. yet he's like lesser than like it's just it's mind-boggling to me i but... agree
2: and like you said it's just like the toxicity in society um, yeah. that brings that out
1: all right i want us to talk about the heart of this series because yes it is a series of romance novels but at the heart of it is friendship between yeah. four women who decide to come together to help each other out no animosity whatsoever they are there for each other to find love how did you feel about like the whole pact thing you know like the friendship pact that they you know promised that they made make each other like how do you feel about especially you us yeah you know was your first time how did you like the whole like how the wallflowers came to be yeah i i
0: really loved it i love. That in I love in books where there's like a friendship form, like there's a bond between girls um, where there's they give each other advice, they help each other out, they give one of their friends a dress for them to wear. Um, so that's one thing that I really loved about this book between the, all four yeah. girls.
2: No, I was going to say, like, as this is like your first encounter with the Wallflowers, like, you know why the series is now called The Wallflowers. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I loved, I loved their friendship. They are beyond cute. And like, I guess one can argue that their friendship happened really quickly. It was over one conversation. But I just feel like they have so many things bringing them together and there's so many things in yeah. common that it just makes sense.
1: They were kind of already hovering around each other anyway. Yeah. Like, it's, the ton is a very, very small circle of people, like a very small group of people, so... They probably already knew each other, just hadn't, like, spoken to each other. I just love that it's like, they're yes, they're all looking for a love match, but in... Well, love match. They're all looking to get married. It's going to turn out to be a love match for each and every one of them. But um, I just love that from the start, it's not about a competition. It's about helping no. each other find mm-hmm. the best match possible. Um, I was going to say something and I completely forgot. Oh, however... Not to pit them against each other, uh, but I just I'm just curious to know who you're most interested in, out of the wallflowers. Like whose story are you most looking forward to? Well, okay, I guess besides Annabelle, because you know you've you've read it now. Mm. Is it shy, stuttering Evie? Is it bold and boisterous? Boisterous is that the word? Yeah, uh, Lillian? Is it? Um, you know cute bookworm daisy lily
0: is the one that is gonna end up with Westcliff, right she's the one that kind of talks yeah. back to him
2: yeah yeah
0: so it would be her which would be the next book
2: can i just say her like one liners in this book had me rolling she's in so every funny. book though yeah, i know
1: she's, she's just great
2: but i just forget how much of a presence she has in the first book as well as like obviously the other ones but like She's just so funny, and I love how Daisy's there as, like, her calmer counterpart.
1: Well, is is Daisy her calmer ca- counterpart? I feel like Daisy just goes along with it, and she's like, heck yeah, let's play <laughs> okay, round yeah. in her neck. That's knickers. also true.
2: <laughs> but she's a more calmer of the two, until, like, Lillian instigates yeah. her, you know, and like gets her going. True.
1: So, speaking of Lillian, c- you know, creating uh, chaos, um, how did you like the scene of them playing rounders in their knickers in <laughs> you know the forest out in the open uh and Westcliff and simon just uh stumbling upon them and, yeah i thought that was funny <laughs> it was a funny scene yeah i love how westcliffe is like so furious at lillian but then Like, the the narration keeps, like, reminding us there's another Bowman sister, but, like, he's only noticing one.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I know. It was Simon. Because Simon's like, you know, there was another one. The other one was there, too. And he's like, no, I knew it was Lillian. Lillian did this. (laughs) I'm like, shut up. But no, okay, so the Rounders. Okay, the Rounders game, I kind of looked at it, like, a bit differently. Like, I love that scene, and I thought it was, like, so funny. But I feel like deeper, I looked at it more of, like, I just, I don't know, I just felt like it was so freeing in the sense where, like, it showed them taking off their clothes and I feel like that could be seen, like, as the restraints of society because they're all, like, very, like, stressed about finding this husband and, like, stressed about finding their place in society and, like, there's this one time where they can be themselves and, like, you know, just, like, play with amongst, like, amongst each other and just, like, forget about all of that. And I just felt like it was such a, I don't know, like, a, a show of sisterhood and, like, friendship and, like, it was just, like, Perfect. I loved how it was done. And obviously, yes, Westcliff and Simon, they're great. They're funny. But I just love the moment of them playing. I just thought it was great.
1: Yeah, cuz it is sad like that they could they're not allowed to do that. No. Something as simple as just wanting to play games and their clothes being, you know, unfit to play that game, so they yeah. take them off and like yeah. something as simple as that is like, "Oh my god, how dare you? This is scandalous." But also, I just love the line where uh, Lillian is, like, all frustrated that uh, Westcliff found them. And, like, Westcliffe basically tells Westcliff that, like, he has no business on his own land. Type <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> I own this place.
0: <laughs> That's great. So I have, I have a question. If mm. you girls were to live during this time, would you be... Do you think you'd be able to handle, like, all the rules and... You need to keep your clothes on and not play games in your knickers.
2: I would be mad about not having pants. You know, like at least being able to wear sweats. You know, or leggings. I would not like that. T-shirts. And also, I feel like women don't really have an agency in this time. Like they belong to their husband, or like before that, they belong to like their father.
1: I think. I think what's fun about it is the romanticization. Romanticization is that even a word. Um, of it, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like taking these crazy ass rules from another time and making them fun, but it most likely was not very fun for those people back then. Um, so my answer is yes, only if I'm living in a historical romance novel.
2: (laughs) Yes. Uh, copy and paste, that is my answer as well.
1: (laughs) Same. Okay. Can we talk about what's his name his with his fucking face what's his face hodgeham hodgeham
2: was that Can we talk about
1: hodgeham or whatever no that's not his name is it the villain the bad guy hodgeham yeah okay i wrote it down you're right i was right right. (laughs) we've read this book three times can't tell you the name of every of anyone (laughs) um can we talk about hodgeham and that whole thing um i just think uh, he's disgusting. He's old. He should die. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I just hate. I feel such empathy. I know this is like character, fictional characters, but I feel such yeah. empathy for, um, Annabelle and her mother being put in a situation that is so desperate and as women there's literally nothing else that they can do than try to sell themselves whether it's Annabelle's way through marriage or Mm -hmm. it's her mother's way with her body and disgracing herself and you know feeling crappy about it because like Annabelle even her she's like well there might come a point where I have to you know forget about my honor and just be a mystery. accept his offer accept yeah. what he's got to offer because he's got money and at this point we will be starving and you know they are hiding the truth from her little brother um who's off at school um how did you feel about that whole situation
0: there, there was a there was a second where i thought the mom was kind of the mom was going to allow annabelle be involved with Hodgeham or whatever his name is. Um, there was a moment where I thought like she was like so far gone, like she was like out of it, where she was just gonna be like, okay, we'll do it, take over for me. Um, which I'm kind of glad that didn't happen.
2: No, her mom was great. Um, what happened to her was really tragic, and like, I like I don't know the way Lisa Claypass writes it is like, in the I don't know, I just you feel her energy draining, yeah. and it's just like. Her situation, obviously, like Marge said, is not at all, like, in her favor. And she does not want it, but she has no other choice. And, like, also, let's also acknowledge that he probably isn't the best lover in bed (laughs) as well. Uh, Yeah. So, I just feel like there's nothing positive about what's happening here, obviously. No, it's
1: it's not, like, a loving relationship between a mistress
2: and her
1: guy. Like, this is
2: him taking advantage it feels awful yeah he looks and takes advantage of people in need and that's like he finds power in that and he takes advantage to like the nth degree and he even tried to do it with Annabelle when she was sick she couldn't even get up from the chair and he was literally gonna rape her or whatever on the chair as she's sitting if her mom didn't come in and sadly you know take him into the room then who knows what would have happened.
1: There's a very short scene that I find incredibly sad. It's um, after her mother has had to do things with Hodgeham, um, you know, and she, she just came back to the room, and Annabelle is like, do you want time to yourself? that you know it's such a short moment because annabelle leaves her mom to be but just what it implies you know like the weight of it that like yes her mother needs time to herself to like process her emotion and like her trauma to a certain degree like it's traumatic to have to sell your body like that for you know i'm sure she's a proud woman who is this is not like a job you know she she didn't choose this as like a job she's forced into this position to lower herself to this man disgusting ass man um and i just there's such weight to that moment for me personally and Mm -hmm. i just think it's 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 an important choice that lisa kleipas did here because made here because we've read a lot of books well a lot not a lot but a lot of the hr books that we've read for the podcast to date have had situations where it's like oh the girl has to find a husband because her family is in like a dire situation blah 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 yeah and like i don't know if you guys remember but we've often talked about like where the fuck is the mother what is she doing why is she not doing anything what why is this all falling upon upon the daughter's shoulders and i think this book begins that way you're like why is annabelle like why is it up all up to her blah blah blah. but I actually think we get the mother's perspective a little bit here where it's like the mother feels the weight of having to to send her child out in the world and be like you are our only hope and also what the mother is doing behind the scenes to keep her family afloat you know like not have them completely drown in debt you know like it's I just like that it's it's subtle. You know, it doesn't take over the whole story, but it's there and you see it. And I think it's something that you see here that you don't necessarily see in other books.
2: And I did like um, by the end of the story, we have Annabelle's mother actually like, you know, fight back and like actually like, you know, yeah. enough's enough. And she literally stabs him with a scissors. And obviously she assumes that she killed him. But we will find out later on that obviously that didn't happen um, but I love that she had that, you know, that chance to hurt her abuser and, like, actually get him to stop. Yeah. He should have died. I know, right? He should have. He should
0: have died.
1: Um. Alright, can we go back to the romance of this book and mm-hmm. talk about certain scenes? Starting from the beginning. So we talked about his introduction, him being all, like, arrogant and being like, you'll be my mistress, blah, blah, blah. Yeah moving to um the scene when they're walking in the forest and um the guy that she's after candle is being like harassed by this mob Poor of women guy. <laughs> he's like telling them about mushrooms and <laughs> <laughs> flora and fauna <laughs> yes and then one girl's like "Ooh, tell me more and um, Annabelle and Simon kind of find themselves uh, at the back, kind of by themselves, walking. And um, uh, how did you like that scene? First off, do you want to g- explain what
2: happens, Steph, and then say what yeah? You no, I feel like it. you set it up. They end up finding themselves um alone. Her mother's also like moved ahead to listen to Lord Kendall, and um, she feels like a little like prick on her foot and then obviously Simon's like oh let me check and uh he raises her skirt up and sees her legs Gasped, scandal um and yeah that's I just like I feel like that scene was very like it showed her comfort like comfortable nature with Simon I feel like it happened before she even recognized she was comfortable with him
1: but then afterwards, when she was sick, when she got sick, and he, he was going to lift her skirts to look at her ankles. Now she's all like, ooh, don't.
2: Because <laughs> I don't even think she's wearing stockings at that point. But I love
1: how she she thinks of these, like, ideas. Because it's like, okay, so Annabelle doesn't have a whole lot of money. She doesn't have the proper, uh, you know, walking shoes or walking boots, yeah. I guess. And so she's she gets stung or or bitten by a snake. I I just how do you come up with these things, Lisa Clay Bass? Like I I don't know. Like I I just feel like everything makes sense,
2: you know. It provides for like great angst and like great yeah. like, you know, frustration for Simon because like he's like, you know, struggling to get her uh you know situated and like make sure she's okay. Cuts her corset strings and like wants her to breathe and like he's stressing he's over fussing. her. That's great. Yeah. I love
1: it. He becomes, like, a mother hen at that point. He's like, ain't nobody gonna drag me out of this
2: room. I know. No, he didn't become a mother hen. He became her daddy. Possessive alpha (laughs) daddy. daddy. Yes, sure. Sure. (laughs) Guys, okay, we're going to hell. Let's just stop. I'll see you all there.
1: Yes, we're going to hell. It's fine. It's okay. Obviously, another, like, huge scene for them is, which I love because it's so funny annabelle gets really desperate at a certain point and then she you know comes up with a whole scheme to try and trick candle into yeah. a marriage like having to propose to her so they created this whole like scandal um they're gonna be with uh is it lillian and daisy's mother and also Westcliff, which i just love how Westcliff got somehow dragged into right? all this how
2: did he because i remember in that scene he was yelling at lillian He's like so this is why you wanted us all to come and go for a walk yeah. why did he agree to go on a walk with lillian right like how did they manage that <laughs>
1: Annabelle is supposed to bring Candle to, like, a certain place, a spot that they determined together, and then the others are supposed to walk upon them as they're, like, kissing out, you know, they're alone outside and, like, kissing or whatnot. Yeah. And then Annabelle, you know, she brings him to the spot, and then, like, he's about... he either is about to propose or literally proposes and she freaks out she's like he tries
2: to kiss her yeah
1: so she's like never mind actually i can't yeah. do this yeah um so she leaves and she stumbles upon simon instead who like what were you doing out there simon but okay he was fine behind a bush <laughs> his broody self was taking a walk at midnight as one does Um, and the others arrive, and obviously instead of stumbling upon her and Kendall, they stumble upon her and Simon, but at (laughs) that point... (laughs) <laughs> at that point simon has already proposed to her and she's already agreed so what yeah. i actually love about this scene is he's like no we're actually going to create a scandal because i need insurance <laughs> yeah
2: no and it was funny because Westcliff and lillian and i forgot who else are like hey you know They're what fighting just over it. Yeah. this didn't happen you guys just go inside we didn't see anything and then simon's like no this is like this is not okay i'm gonna go to like the ball and i'm gonna like scandalize everyone there and compromise you in front of everyone and like Westcliff's like oh my gosh if you want to compromise her so much fine she's compromised I just love how Westcliff is the king
1: of amnesia he's like <laughs> I'm just gonna have amnesia in about five minutes time just letting yeah. you all know <laughs> but then yeah cause you're right like Simon is like no 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 no. you did see this and Westcliff's like no I didn't see shit and he's like no 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 no, no. you did see this <laughs> And he it's like great. brings her into the ballroom and he's like, do I have to fucking kiss you in front of everyone to have my insurance here? Like, I'll do it. I'll create a scandal. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I love how she kind of twisted that trope on it, like on its back, because it's like you expect for it to end up in a scandal. But like, yeah, it doesn't. That was a great scene.
0: So that's what I love about Simon, that he goes after what he wants and he's going to make sure that they're going to end up together.
2: Scandal and all. He's, like, he's such a, like, a businessman. He wants to have his receipts, you know? Like, he yeah, wants to make yeah. sure that Annabelle, you know, she, he doesn't just want to take her word for it that she'll marry him. He wants to ensure there's proof, there's, you know, really solid evidence, and also receipts that, uh yeah, she is compromised, she will marry him. I love it. I love Simon. He's
1: so funny. So they get married, and then comes the wedding night, Yes. Let's talk about sex, y'all. How did you feel about it? It was hot. I kind of don't. It wasn't memorable. It wasn't memorable. I will agree. I feel like it was very tame. I mean, like, I think it was very, like, vanilla. There's one scene where they're married. They're happy and blissful. And then um, I think she's playing card with some ladies. And Simon arrives and he's like, you got five minutes to finish this. Thing or i'm ravishing you like on the spot yeah and i was like okay <laughs> and then like she's basically running down the corridor like trying to make it back to her room in time and he's like basically behind her like yeah. hunting her down like i know we're gonna do this yeah and they end up in like a closet and I hate how little we get of that scene because yeah. I was like, give me the whole scene, Lisa Clay pass. Like, it's so short. I was here. I was feeling that one more so than the wedding night. But then we get nothing. We get nothing.
2: I feel like the wedding night was more so like, I don't know. It started off with him assuming she's had sex before and then once he finds yes. out that she actually wasn't Hodgeham's mistress at all. Yeah. He's kind of like, shit, what, what do I do now? Like, I, I, like, I've built up all these ideas in my head, and, like, now, like, I'm faced with this person that, like, I don't know, like, do you know how sex works? Do you know how this and this works? And then, like, yeah. they had a conversation beforehand, which I really appreciated on Simon's part, because, like, he wanted to make sure they were on the same page, and then the sex happened. So I can see which why Which is maybe... not true of every
1: historical romance hero.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: Especially Lisa Claybass,
2: so, you know. So, I could see why it might not be as memorable for, like, other sex scenes that might have happened, because mm-hmm. I feel like the intensity wasn't there from the beginning.
1: I do feel like, I will say, you know, when you read a lot of romance, a lot of sex scenes can start to blur with one another, And when you're an author like Lisa Claypass, who has so many books, it's like, how many times can you write a wedding night scene that's like interesting or like a first time that's interesting? And I will say, I think she tries her best. And there's a lot of first times in her books that I actually vividly remember. This is not one of them, but like, she's got a lot of good ones. So, you know, she tries to make them interesting. She does. So we get to the ending. And this is the part who, like personally, I always feel when reading this book that it could kind of just end after they get married. Yeah. Personal preferences. I just feel like the book for me loses its steam, if you will. Oh, <laughs> can I can I mention? Pun not not intended.
0: Yeah. Can I mention? I think it happens before uh, what goes down at the end. But there was a scene okay. where she overhears the dad and Simon the talking. Mom no wasn't it the dad was it? i thought it was it It is the dad yeah Yeah, i think it's the dad oh and he's just kind of like why are you marrying her or something like that like they have Mm -hmm. a certain conversation yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. i thought that was gonna cause some type of like problems drama between them which i I, i'll say it wasn't i was expecting drama but i'm glad that it didn't happen but so i think that's what i felt like was missing like something because i was expecting it but we didn't need it does that make
1: sense Mm -hmm. i think looking back on that i think it's a subtle way maybe of showing how annabelle trusts simon and she trusts how he feels about her if that makes sense and vice versa i think she hears their opinion and I think obviously she comes from a place where she had that opinion about them to begin with and now you know she's changed her mind more or less so I wonder if it was like a subtle way of being like yeah she heard it she knows that that's how they feel but she's aware that that's not how Simon feels Mm -hmm. and that's all that matters maybe
2: I also see it in the sense where she heard what was being said and she kind of took it in herself and she's like what am I bringing to this marriage? Because, like, obviously a marriage in the middle class would be kind of different than that in, like, you know, the upper class in the sense where, like, they're both working partners and, like, they both bring something to the table. And, like, that kind of causes, like, a doubt in Annabelle. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, she's for sure certain about how Simon feels and Simon's for sure certain about what she feels at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it does cause, like, this doubt within her and it just, like, continues to grow and grow as situations arise in terms of Simon and Annabelle and, like, what they think this relationship is between them.
1: Which maybe is why she wants to go visit his foundry. Is it? Is that what? It's yeah.
2: Um.
1: Maybe because she's like aware that there's a huge part of his life that she's not very exactly aware of or knowledgeable about. Which makes sense she's a woman it's kind of assumed that a wife doesn't want to know what her husband does for a living but maybe that's what pushes her to want to go out there and learn about it and like see yeah. for herself what he does and like what he's working on and what he's achieved you know through the years um so she does they go to the foundry and it's mentioned that Westcliff is there off somewhere but he's not like you know where he's supposed to be at and then <sighs> something happens sorry guys Uh, that was my water
2: bottle (laughs)
1: continue she's she's providing sound
2: effect for
1: for (laughs) for the foundry
2: yeah that was the explosion (laughs) it was also my ghosts they took over
1: something explodes there's a big fire everything's like the building's about to crumble down um she, so Annabelle is brought outside of the foundry by Simon. He's literally, like, dragging her out. And then she turns around. He goes back in yeah. um, to save, you know, his workers as much as he can. Um, and then, like, she turns around and he's not there anymore. And, like, she waits and he's not coming back. And she's like, what the hell? She asks one of the guys that's there, like, are you not going to do anything? Like, he's not here. And he's like, well, he's he probably will not make it out. And she's like, well, fuck that. I'm going to run in. So she runs in. She finds him. He's, like, stuck under something. Like, his leg is, like, stuck under a pillar or something. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. How dare you be here right now? (laughs) Yeah. I love how feral he gets in that scene. And, um... She's trying to well, for a moment she like cons- she takes his um she takes his knife and she like considers like literally sawing his leg off. I
2: love that. I was dying because like it just proves like how desperate she is in that moment. She's like, you yeah. know what, I can cut a leg off. I know I can at that instant.
1: <laughs> and and Simon is like, don't do it, it won't help.
2: Um Cause you can't carry me out anyway.
1: Yeah. And then Who comes in to save the day? My husband. (laughs) (laughs) Westcliff appears like a knight in shining armor. He's like lifting things and helping her drag Simon out of there and everyone's coughing up a storm and everyone's safe. There's like a mention, a brief mention that like someone died. Unfortunately, I felt bad for that worker. Yeah. It was, it was a bad day at work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why are That's we laughing? Cruel. People died. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got the giggles now. That's house. horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to that man. It's okay. They're fictional characters, but still.
1: Nobody died for real. And yeah, they Westcliff is like, all right, I'm bringing you both back to my house um, in London. So, you know, you know. He's got a lot of houses. Not
2: before Westcliff's like, you know what? I changed my opinion of you and about like, you're actually like, you know, you sacrificed your life for my boy. Like, you know what? You got some rights. He I've said it more eloquently than I did. <laughs> you got some rights.
1: <laughs> See, Westcliff, like this is another aspect of Westcliff that I have to respect. Like he will admit when he's wrong. Yeah. He will, and he will change his mind when provided with the facts. So, you know, good on him for that. Can't be said of every hero ever. Anywho, uh, he brings them to his house. Annabelle wakes up, um, you know, after a few uh, nights of recovery, and she gets to she, you know, goes to Simon and Westcliffe is there, and like Westcliff leaves, and essentially Simon is like, "You never fucking, you're never fucking done doing that again." You hear me?
0: He's <laughs> ready to make her pour her hair. <laughs> right? I was expecting it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel. I feel like Simon would have been a good spanker. I feel yes. like he is. He yeah. has that energy about him. He probably him.
2: is, you know. He
1: probably is. Lisa. Because uh, he's very, energy.
2: like, he's very dominant. He is. And, like, case in point, the whole, uh, you know, five minutes until, you know, he's inside her. Instance. Right? He's delicious in that way. So, you're right, S, I...
1: Would have expected him to be like, I'm going to fucking spank your ass raw next time you do that. I mean, you know he kind I mean? of was
2: on, on death's door at that point. He just came out of it, you know? Came out yeah, of Yeah,
1: he wasn't in good form.
2: No. His palm was fine, but I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's still do it. Alright, should we get into the monster of the story? I'll be honest, I feel like we've talked about
2: it. We kind of have, but I also wanted to mention, Um, I loved their love confession by the end of the book. And I loved how, like, I think Lisa Claypass does a really good love confession. Oh, and, like, in yes. this instance, I love Simon's when he said that, like, I wish I could love you a little bit less or something like that. Um, just so, like, I can live with it because he feels like the love he feels for her is so overwhelming and, like, it's all of him. Like, he loves her with everything that he is. And I just, like, I just loved how great it was put together, so...
1: Yeah, I I feel like Simon Hunt is not Elisa Kleban's hero that gets enough love.
2: No, and like he's I don't know. He's forgotten. I don't know why. I think he's not a great here.
1: character. Not in my house.
0: Well,
2: <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> As is here to save the day. Yeah, she said Simon Hunt writes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, um, Westcliff had got like a piece of shrapnel in his arm and then Annabelle takes true. it and then she gives it to Daisy to also make a wish. Oh, yes, that's right. They all made a wish at the beginning of the story um, in this wishing well that apparently all your wishes do come true if you just like drop in a pin. So uh, Westcliff uh, is getting someone to wish for him. But can I also mention, I wouldn't have been mad if we got a book with the monster in the lake. I mean, sorry, in the well, because they said that he could reach up and take you and make you. Yes, you
1: know, yes, I noticed that. Make
2: yes. you his lover in right? the under area.
0: Right? I want so it. There's no book right now? There's, <laughs> there's no story? There's no. Then why mention it, Seth? I was just saying I want it. Well, now I want it too. And it's not there to pick up and read. And
2: I don't know if Lisa Claypass would, uh,
1: would write that. I'm, I'm writing a strongly worded letter <laughs> as we speak. we do that. <laughs> Send it with the pigeon. So, all right. No monsters to talk about, really. I, I've mentioned mine. Like, I had... Uh, annabelle's prejudices against simon's background and family i had simon's working class background and how he doesn't fit anywhere i had annabelle having to truly consider selling her body and then realizing that her mom had to do it for years and then i had simon's arrogance and lack of empathy towards annabelle's situation as a woman kind of forcing her into a corner where she doesn't have a choice but to accept a dishonorable offer from him in a way
2: um i basically just had toxicity and in the time which we've already talked yeah. about at length I also had like a lack or maybe absence of communication between Simon and Annabelle once they've gotten married I feel like Simon strongly believes she only married him because of the money he has and I feel like that's just something um they keep having to like I guess they think about as characters and like he keeps making little comments about like um you marry me for like my money and like I don't know like all of that stuff and um. yeah he just makes comments about his worth being only about the money in this relationship and like obviously she's uncomfortable enough with the relationship for her to be like um, actually no I love like I love you and that wasn't really dealt with obviously until like the end and he almost dies but like just the idea that that's all he thought he was worth in this relationship was really sad
1: maybe I'll sound like a gold digger but like what's wrong about marrying for money it's a tough world out there okay <laughs> Because I think it's like, it was It should be part of
2: it. It should be
1: a part of it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I also feel like it was known in Simon's case that he kind of caught feels with her two years ago. So I feel like for him, he went in there with his emotions, you know, on his sleeve. Okay, as did you have any monsters?
0: I was going to look for one for Simon, but I decided that he has no monsters. He's perfect the (laughs) way he is. And that's that. He's too perfect.
1: I love that. Seth and I have been insufferable about these books for years and now S has joined the club and she's like Simon Hunt he's perfect cannot do any
2: wrong a (laughs) plus plus for Simon Hunt I'm so happy and I'm also happy that Annabelle got you know she found a man that met her requirements he has all of his teeth and you know I'm happy for her (laughs) Do we get into Seth's most dreaded part No, we're of done. This we're, done. No, we're, we're done. We're done. Seth. Um that has been the done. episode of <laughs> um. <laughs> Do
1: you have your list ready? Let's, Seth. let's rate some characters, shall we? For the pain. Who's going fast? Um, I can go. Men or women. Whoever you want to start with uh let's start with guys mm-hmm. for once okay so in third place gideon in second place simon hunt and in first place it's mckenna
2: for me it has to be um that's the same for me as well it's gideon simon and then mckenna in top spot
0: all right as for me it would be simon me. hunt simon hunt and simon and hunt. simon Hunt. yeah no it would be <laughs> gideon mckenna and then simon
1: Whoa. interesting you put
0: me you put Gideon
1: first last week we've we're flipping it all around we're flipping it around okay <laughs> gonna be a lot of that uh as for the women um let me just uh okay I think I would go mm, this is hard actually because we don't know Livia much or as much but I do like I like her, her, I was going to say, I like her, her strong will. You know, like, she was like, Gideon, fix yourself up, man. I'm not, I'm not, you yeah. know, being with That's you. and true. In, but at the same time, like, Annabelle was kind of ready to do anything for her family. But I, I, okay, I think, I think it's Annabelle, Olivia, Aline.
2: Um, I'm just going to go with Olivia, Annabelle, and then Aline. Only because I. I liked Olivia's character, but for some reason, I feel like Annabelle's growth as a character was more like prominent. I obviously that I think that's due in part to Olivia not having a large part in the book. Um, so that that's it.
0: I think for me, it's gonna be Annabelle, Olivia, and then Aline. So
1: same as me. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: All right. See, it good. wasn't so bad. <laughs> It's gonna be hard once you get to like three book two and three and even four i loved matthew
1: so if you want to let us know how you would rank the wallflower characters feel free to reach us online uh we are on twitter the rtm pod and also on instagram at romancing the monsters podcast you can also email us if you want to at romancingthemonsterspodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're also on TikTok at romancingthemonsterspod and, and on uh, Google. We are on Google, I guess, if you want to Google us. <laughs> <laughs> but we are also on YouTube. Um, if you just search the monsters Podcast," you should be able to find us. And if you want to find me specifically, I am also on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers.
0: And you can find me, us on both Twitter and Instagram at But This Book.
2: And you can find me, Saf, on both Instagram and Twitter at pros with Woes. And again, a quick reminder, if you want to leave us a rating or review, please feel free to do that on any podcast platform. It would mean the world to us.
1: And there you go. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next week. Bye.